You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. You guys, I am so excited to share with you my newest sponsor, Oh My God Yes. They have created something truly revolutionary. It's a website, but it's compiled from researching thousands of women trying to get to the bottom of what some of you would consider the mysteries of female pleasure. The website allows you access to tons of different techniques brought to life in beautiful videos of regular women sharing from experience. No blushing, no shame. Get $5 off the newly released season two at ohmygodyes.com slash holly. That's O-M-G-Y-E-S dot com slash holly. So you've listened to my show. You've gotten to know the people behind the camera and in front of the camera. And you're thinking to yourself, I really want to be able to watch porn in an ethical way. I want to pay for my porn, but I don't want to join just one website where I can only get one brand's type of content or one porn star's type of content. I want to be able to access it all. This is why you should go to hotmovies.com because Hot Movies has everything. They have scenes from all of the biggest porn companies, all of your favorite porn stars. They basically have everything. And if you use code HOLLY, you can get your first 20 minutes for free. So what have you got to lose? Support this industry and also get access to all of the hottest, latest releases at hotmovies.com. And do not forget to use my code HOLLY for 20 minutes free. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Adam and Eve. AdamandEve.com is like the biggest online superstore for all of your sex needs. They've got toys, they've got lingerie, they've got movies. It's pretty much a one-stop shop for everything sexy. Now, you'll get 10 free gifts when you order one item. Something for her, something for him, something you'll both enjoy, and six free movies, plus free shipping. All you have to do is enter code HOLLY at checkout. That's H-O-L-L-Y at adamandeve.com for your 10 free gifts. Today's episode is going to be chock full of all kinds of interesting and relevant information for entertainers, producers, and just fans of porn alike. I have Lotus Lane on. She manages industry relations for the Free Speech Coalition. And there's a lot of new programs that they have rolled out, which have been something the adult industry has sorely needed for a long time. So Lotus is here to talk about that with us. We're going to talk about the new Inspire program. We're going to talk about the Next Gen program. And these are programs that help adult performers with things varying from ethics on set, um, things that you should bring to set to prepare to do a sex scene, medical help, dental help, legal advice, mental help. I mean, just... The things that the Free Speech Coalition is doing right now for the adult industry is amazing. And Lotus has been a big part of that. So I'm very excited to have her here. So let's welcome Lotus Lane to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey, everybody. 
Welcome back to the show. Today I have Lotus Lane on. Lotus, how are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. You're so welcome. You know, before um, you, we actually started the show, we were um, having a very intense argument over Game of Thrones, and um, I almost wanted to make this a Game of Thrones podcast because we both have a lot to say about it, but that's not what you guys came here for, is it? (laughs) You could check our Twitter feed for that banter. (laughs) I know. I actually um, want to start listening to Game of Thrones podcast. Do you listen to any Game of Thrones podcast? No, but I might because my fanaticism is next level. It is next level, too. Did I tell you my dog's name is Khaleesi? No, but I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I got hooked on that show like from day one. Really? I watched the very first episode when it, first when it came out oh. and I was like. I didn't. I got into it more towards like the fifth season, but then I caught up and I was like, I'm in this. I'm yeah. In this right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because my boyfriend had never seen it until he started dating me and we've mm-hmm. been together for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. And so he only started watching it when last season, right? Okay. And I told him, I'm like, you need to watch everything else and like get caught up. Like there's so yeah. much to it. And he's like, no, nah, it's fine. I'll just, you know, whatever, ask you. And he was kind of like blase about it at the beginning. Yeah. Um, he was like, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of predict. I think he said it was predictable. Oh, no, it I was is like, not. Mm. <laughs> and, um, well, cause he like, totally named the one dragon being turned into a zombie dragon. Like he called that, but whatever, that doesn't mean that you can fucking predict the show. So, um, yeah. So he was like, Oh, it's kind of predictable. It's kind of silly. And, and now he's obsessed with it. Like Like, we have dinner (laughs) and he literally like, all we do is talk about game of Thrones (laughs) and he'll call me in the middle of the day and be like, do you think that brands a Lord of light? (laughs) I've heard that theory before too. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute, dude. Like, it's the, and he works at a law firm, so like he's, he's like thinking of like serious stuff, and then he's like, wait a minute, this brand theory. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I need to call Molly in the middle of the day, and we need to talk about Game of Thrones, yeah. and I'm just like, I'm working right now. Can we talk about this when I get home? Like, you're crazy. It's like next level. It's funny. That's I feel like because like he's only just started to like. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I've been obsessed with the show literally since day one. So the the fanaticism, I'm almost used to it. But yeah. I think like he's just he's it's like so fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. I'm glad you turned him over into a big fan. <laughs> it's funny sometimes when people tell me they're like, "Oh, I've never seen Game of Thrones," and there's a part of me that's very jealous because mm-hmm. I'm like, "God, you get to experience it from the beginning, right?" And have all, all these things be surprises. Be yeah, surprising and like. Like live that over again because it's such a good show. It is. I don't know. I really like for some reason. I I know people go back and they rewatch it, but for some reason, like I I don't haven't. No, I've been rewatching it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't. I like once I see something once, I'm kind of like okay, okay. Like I've seen it. I don't know. I don't really want to watch it again. Yeah, I'm rewatching. I'm on season three. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, well, okay. Enough about Game of Thrones. Right, right. We still went there. (laughs) Yeah, still went there. Sorry. (laughs) Um. So, how long have you been in the adult industry? I started in 2012 when I turned 30. Okay. So I turned 30 in August, and then I think by like September, what the month after September, so, so October, September is when minute. I started. So you're doing like my first in your mid 30s. Yeah, I'm 36. I I legit like no joke. I'm not trying to kiss your ass. I thought you were like 25. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like I'm, I'm. Geez, wow. <laughs> Maybe it's the makeup. No. <laughs> yeah. No, you look significantly younger than oh, what I thought you were. Thank you. I mean that. It's partly why I kind of made the decision too, because mm-hmm. I was like looking at the way I look and I was like, 
I still look the same. Yeah. I might as well take advantage of this somehow, some way, because I will be 40 and I will have not done anything with these long lasting looks. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I never modeled or like mainstream acted. Mm-hmm. I've done like plays in school. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what led you, what was like, what led you to, cause that's a pretty big decision. Like, yeah. What led you to make that decision? I just, I've always been sexual, but I never really had that like fulfillment with sexual partners mm-hmm. and I've been promiscuous and I've, you know, been s- lucky enough to not have anything befall me because mm-hmm. of my promiscuity. So I was like, maybe I should take this to the next level and become mm-hmm. professional mm-hmm. slut since I'm just <laughs> slutting it up anyways, you know, <laughs> doing it for free. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. the hell? So, yeah. So what was your, what was your first scene that you did? It was, I can't remember the company, but it was a double, like two scenes in one day. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the first one was a girl, like triple girl, girl, me and another girl were um, tag teaming the the young, innocent girl and like corrupting her. Mm-hmm. And that was really fun. Cause I, I, I like really got to go nuts on the girls. Cause I was being like one of the aggressors, you know? That's interesting. Cause I would like never cast a brand new girl in a Dom role. Really? Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. because I feel yeah, like it yeah, takes yeah. a while to get being used to being in front of camera and having True. sex in front of camera. It's a, it's a very big leap. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, being a Dom and taking charge of the scene is usually something that, you know, more experienced people do. For sure. So, but you felt very comfortable in that role. Yeah, right away. I, I think also because I had done some dominatrix work in my hometown before. Okay, real so you porn. had some experience in sex work. Yeah, and I, in my mind at the time, I didn't think of it like that yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just yeah. like, oh, I had been freaky and messing around. So right. <laughs> I know how to do these things. You right, know, right, right, right. But yeah, now having more context, I'm like, yeah, I guess I was already kind of dabbling in sex work before. It just wasn't on screen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was fun. And then the second scene was uh, a nurse scene. This one I remember, horny black mothers or something. And I was like <laughs> a nurse, and I seduced um, Rico Strong. And I remember. I had gum in my mouth when I was giving him the blowjob and I remember laughing in the blowjob and like kind of like swirling it out and yeah. like in the middle of the scene. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you need to think of things better so you're not like in this position again with gum in your mouth doing a blowjob. Right. <laughs> so, um, and how did you feel about those scenes at the end of the day? I was really happy with them. It was pretty awesome. Um, one of the surprising things, you know, was like the biggest paycheck I had ever seen, like even like in pr- before previous work mm-hmm. and I had been like retail manager at places and stuff. I mm-hmm. worked like overtime hours and then when they take the taxes, I'm like, oh, okay, it's like a thousand dollars. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so when I did those two in one day and I was like, this is awesome. I made so much money and I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then from there on, you just kind of like kept kind of, working. Yeah, networking. And-, and I've always been independent. So um, it's been different and harder, mm-hmm. but I don't mind challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of networked and started meeting other directors and producers and other friends that would recommend me to people. And that's how I started getting hired in other places and eventually to where I'm at now where I I, I just like doing the kinds of things I like to do rather mm-hmm. than being like, oh, do I really want to do this? I guess I'll do it to stay relevant. That's yeah. not my mindset. So what kind of scenes do you find that you most enjoy doing? Dom scenes, okay. Um, also lesbian scenes, uh-huh. um, and I like I like fucking dudes. I like regular boy girl scenes, but um, as far as regular, I really more like threesomes with guys, like two guys and me. Okay. That's my favorite. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You just like like all that dick and all that attention. Yeah, I like like at least one in the mouth and one in the pussy, and like <laughs> one to ro- like to rotate around and feel the two different dick sensations. Yeah, <laughs> I've not had a gangbang, but like so far the 
two guys on one is fun. Yeah. yeah. Do you want? Do you want to do a gangbang? Maybe, but I'd have to direct it the way I want to do mm. it because I don't even know that I want to DP. Mm-hmm. But those are usually per standard in gangbangs. Yeah. So I'm just like, mm, I'd have to be creative and figuring out my way around that. Have you ever done a DP before? Only with sex toys. Mm. So, and I know that's significantly different the way that feels in your body. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I handled it, but I was also able to choose the size of the dicks, you know? Yeah. So, and that's yeah. different. Like, guys come with the dick they come with. Yeah. <laughs> you can't change it. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the DPs can be tricky, too, just in terms of, like, body positioning and then opening up to camera. They're not easy to shoot at all. I I mean, I imagine not. I know how it is just to open up with one boy girl and then you have the two and you need to see all the insertions. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a thing that a lot of people don't think about when you're shooting porn is like not only do you have to be able to fuck and keep your dick hard and like make it look hot, you also have to fuck kind of sideways. Yes, the sideways. So the camera yeah. can And see. open your thigh in this crazy position that you would never fuck in. No, I know. <laughs> and I'm constantly, especially with new girls, I have to tell them to like move their leg move yeah. this move stretching that. is important so yeah flexibility is a big a big yes. thing go on your hip like mm-hmm. um yeah or like with um sometimes like girl girl scenes are harder to shoot because you don't have you know your tongue's not as long as, as a, a penis, dick yeah obviously so like a lot of times you'll just get the back of the girl's head so she kind of has to like push her face against the side of the thigh and, like, yeah look sideways yeah like yeah <laughs> So the camera can see. Definitely been there. And um, yeah, it can be tricky. It Mm -hmm. can be really tricky. It's like a whole different way to have sex. It is completely. And sometimes, see, that's what I mean. Like, I don't mind the challenge. Sometimes I kind of like that struggle because I'm like, oh, I'm so horny. I want it so bad. Mm. I have to (laughs) stretch and get it. Like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about um, were some pretty important things relevant to the industry. So you're part of the Free Speech Coalition, correct? Yes, I got in contact with Eric like in 2017, just like, what can I do to help the industry more? Because I had kind of spoken at the OSHA hearing panels like the Mm -hmm. couple years before, and I liked that feeling, Mm -hmm. but that had died down. So I was like, what else can I do to contribute? Yeah. What do you think, like, like, what did you see that was lacking in the adult industry that you wanted to try to help out with? Um... I guess what I saw and what I felt was like there was a lack of sh- sharing of information of, and resources unless you literally saw that person on set and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, this is what you need to do or this is where you need to go. But mm-hmm. if you never interact with that person or you're never going to end up on that set, with it, how would you know these things? And then you find out later on mm-hmm. and then you're like, I could have been doing that from the beginning mm-hmm. or something like um, these are so many different scenarios, whether it's creating your own content or knowing how to clean your body properly in certain ways, all of these kinds of things I learned along the way. And I was just like, if someone would have just like given me all this at once, I would have felt way more confident in what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. Yeah. What do you think was like one of the big things that you learned in the industry that you wish you had like known earlier? Definitely. I wish I would have had a better understanding of what people meant when they were saying content. Because I remember, mm-hmm. like, my first year, people were just, like, saying this ambiguous term, content, just got to shoot content or something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, no one actually took the time to explain. Like, you set up your store, you shoot little clips, you upload them, your individual fans like you, and they'll buy money, and that money goes to you. Mm-hmm. Like, no one, like, and then I kind of got it, and I was like, oh, 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 I could have been doing all this free time I had. I could have just been doing that, too. Right. You know, so. 
What platforms do you use? I use um, OnlyFans, and I am about to start on Minivids. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was doing Clips for Sale for a while, but that's like that. That whole website is like, first of all, hard to navigate. There you go. <laughs> like impossible. Like, I don't know, the dynamic of it. I tried to have a Clips for Sale store a long time ago, and I could not figure out how to make that thing work. And like, Me too. <laughs> there's certain things that you have to do in order to make money on it. And the people that are successful on it are super successful. Yeah, yeah. But there's almost like a – there's a whole process, and I didn't understand it. So Minivids is great, and yeah. I've worked for them a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had a bunch of different friends and other performers say they like Minivids. So I was like, okay, that seems to be the one I keep hearing about the most other than OnlyFans. I'm going to try, try that one instead. Yeah, and Bella French, who runs Minivids, is great. I love her. Yeah. She's, I, I only met her at one of these Xbiz things recently. Recently, but mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, she's so like passionate and smart, and she's like mm-hmm. got a good heart. <laughs> you could yeah, tell. and I think also too, like having had been a cam performer herself, like yeah. she understands what it's like to be in that position, and she wants to help performers. Yeah, exactly, and all of that. And she's super like inclusive and really pushes like you know um, making sure that like you know trans people have a home and yeah. gay and yeah, you know, all that kind people of, stuff. of color. I've noticed yeah. that she does that for all across the board. And I think that's something really commendable and it's necessary because mm-hmm. you notice when people are being inclusive, quote unquote, and yeah. then they're excluding you in the inclusiveness, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, notice. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that's awesome that she really is like all encompassing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So back to free speech coalition. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't, who want to know more about free speech coalition, I actually had Eric Paul, Loya, Loya. Is it that's how he says it. He says Loya. So I feel like you're saying lawyer, but like super like slangy Loya. We had a whole. Okay, so if you go back (laughs) to my podcast with him, you can hear hear that he and I have a whole fucking back and forth about how to pronounce his last name because it is very tricky. Yeah, it is. But I must be misremembering because. You speak to him way more frequently than I do, so I feel like I'm just going to defer to you and your pronunciation. And then I go back to work and I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So if you haven't um, listened to that episode, you should definitely go listen to it because he talks about – it's such an educational episode. episode and I love him and and Eric is so not only like a wealth of information but Mm -hmm. really engaging and funny and he makes like it interesting you know topics that can I mean frankly sometimes be kind of boring to the average outsider who isn't like in the industry and these things are important to them he Mm -hmm. makes it it all very engaging and interesting so but um, for those who you know want me to move forward and actually talk about what you're here to talk about. Can you explain to people what the Free Speech Coalition is? Yeah, it's the Adult Industries Trade Association. So it started in 1991 more as like a legal association to help fight the, all the Supreme Court battles of obscenity charges mm-hmm. and stuff that were coming against the industry. And then it's morphed because obviously that's not a battle that we're fighting anymore. It's kind of morphed and developed more into like the only like entity the adult industry has to like look to for resources or help or promotion or just any kind of like community. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm losing the word, but like just a community hub of like what we can do for not just producers anymore, but sometimes performers are becoming producers. So we also need to think about performers Mm -hmm. slash producer or performer slash director. And I think that's 
kind of like my lucky point where I got in with Eric when I approached him in 2017. I was just like, I, I have this passion and I want to get back, but I don't know how. And then he was like, oh, I think we may be able to figure something out. And then he kind of created this position for me of industry relations advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Susie Q was there before me, but her was, wasn't really industry relations advocate. It was more like policy because they were fighting all of the different OSHA legal things that were going right, on. Right, the condom mandates. And all right, mm-hmm. yeah. She's much better at me than lobbying in that political sense. Right. So I, I definitely was like, I'm not trying to do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do really have a passion for wanting to help people and bring them all up to the same like level of understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been my calling because like I started in 2018 in January and ever since then till now, I feel like I'm really – able to do what I wanted to Mm -hmm. do. Like people reach out to me and I have resources to give them and Mm -hmm. they're able to, to tap into those things and, you know, get a better understanding of legally what they're dealing with or financially or emotionally, or they, they don't feel like they're lost and don't have somewhere to turn. Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to create that feeling where people can trust FSC and know that we are trying to help, even if we don't get to things immediately because there's literally only four people in the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like where we have it all on the table and we're trying to like do what we can to like collaborate with other people that can make these things happen sooner. Yeah. And that this is actually a good time to bring up the fact that, I mean, all of these things cost money. Yeah. So if you are a fan of the industry and you want to donate to the FSC to help them continue to be advocates for the adult industry and provide resources that are desperately needed for performers. You can go to what is it? FSC. Yeah. Well, it's free. It's free speech coalition.com. You spell out the whole words, free speech coalition.com. And then they can go donate there. Yeah. There's there. I think there's a donate button link or something that, that we've had active. Um, I don't know. I could email it to you later, but there's a bunch of different services that we offer, like whether it be um, information about the codes of ethics that, should be practice on set or the performer's bills of rights, web security type information. So there's a lot of resources there, but that's definitely something that people can do is donate directly to FSC. And that enables us to just do more, collaborate with more production companies and affiliates that want to also do more for the industry. But like if we only have so much budget and so much time, right, so, right, so right, much right, we can do. Right. Because I know eventually like one of the bigger things that I think is so awesome that Eric proposes, he wants to kind of create like a scholarship fund. Oh, wow. And get production companies to donate into that to, you know, we nominate a performer, like a few performers and they get the scholarship so they can better their skills and talents in other fields, you know. Okay. So like to go to school yeah. or, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. Yeah, literally like, so, I mean, but. That's like so far away because yeah. like the immediate stuff is like mental health, legal, yeah. you know, banking discrimination. That's a big one because a lot of people are constantly left and right getting their bank shut down or their PayPal shut down. Yep. And how do they get that money that was there or what do they do now? So we get- Yeah, and that's a big problem. And so I had um, – so my company used to be called Holly Randall Productions. I've since changed to something very like ambiguous. Mm. But when it was like I had problems getting insurance, I had okay. problems getting loans, credits yeah. because people and I couldn't figure out what was going on because my credit was great. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like I was making money. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, like one one guy that I applied for um, a credit card with, like who denied me, I finally was like, why? Yeah. And he was like, look, he was like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a photographer. And he's like, what do you shoot? I'm like, people. He's like, 
what kind? Oh, and I was God. like, what are you getting at? He's like, look, he's like, basically Googled your name, saw what you do. And, uh, they're, you know, they don't want to support the adult industry. They consider it a high risk industry. And I was like, and this was like in the middle of the recession. And I was like, I have so many friends who work in mainstream that are completely out on their asses and I'm like still going strong. Yeah. So like, Who's what a fucking high – what's a high-risk industry? What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. But the problem is that they're private institutions and so they can the, do whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, it's the reality. It yeah. is. And I, it, that's the part that sucks is I see people feeling like this is unfair. This is an outrage and it is unfair and it is an outrage but it is fair because it is their business. Mm-hmm. It's not like a open public general mm-hmm. you know, entity that's like for for everybody, you know? Yeah. Just like these things that are getting people's, like, what is it? Instagram shut down, you know? Yeah. There's no guarantee that says, like, we are allowed an Instagram, like, nope. every That's human on the earth. That's also you know? yeah. a private company. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, so as much as I agree that it is unfair that they just shut people's accounts down that aren't even showing very explicit images sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's their right. They can cancel whoever they want off of the platform. It's their platform. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. <laughs> Um, so I guess my piece of advice to people, um, like what, what would you say to people who are dealing with those banking issues? I mean, cause I always say to people, like if they're going to start a corporation, I'm like, do not put your porn name in that corporation oh, yeah. and don't make it anything that sounds like porn. Yeah. Like make it something super boring, boring, <laughs> ambiguous. And if necessary, um, create like a facade website. Cause I did that oh, for okay. this corporation and make it look like. It's something else. See, that's a nice tip I'm going to add into my tips too. Yeah, yeah so I took, I, I don't want to say what my corporation is. No, you don't have to. People can like look it up and they can find my address. Anyways, um, but uh, so yeah, the reason that um, – and I and I actually did it because I was – I remember I was traveling to Mexico to go shoot mm. and I was super paranoid about going through customs okay. because I was actually declaring all of my equipment. I wasn't trying to sneak stuff through and yeah. I was petrified that they were going to look me up and they were going to see what I did for a living and they weren't going to let me in the country because oh, wow. they were going to be afraid I was shooting porn, which I wasn't. I was actually out there to shoot for Playboy, but – um, anyway, so I created like a facade and just like, you know, said I was a photography business and then I just, I've done some mainstream stuff and mm-hmm. I just put up like the mainstream stuff I've done. Yeah. And so if anybody looked me up, they'd be like, oh, this is what she does. That's fine. Like, yeah. So that would be my recommendation. Like create, like, I don't know, say you're a fucking professional organizer yeah. or a sound bath healer or something. I don't know. Come yeah. up with something that like isn't porn related. Yeah. No, that's very very true. Um, and that's usually, especially like when girls are doing their PayPal like, mm-hmm. and things like that. I always say like use a different name or if you have to absolutely use your name, like that's your accountant. Yeah. And you got to make business manager. Yes. And you also have to make sure that when, you know, you invoice people or something, do not put anything adult related in there. Yeah. Make sure that people that are paying you do not put anything adult related in there. You yeah. Just be super careful. Yeah. So it's those kinds of tips and things that I just try and always give to people and mm-hmm. and have like gather from people like yourself that you just said that other thing about your website facade that you know if people weren't listening to this podcast they wouldn't know that until it hits them and then they're like dang if I would have only known so I just try and be like collecting those resources and always like giving them out to people right. so they're if they read it it's up to them you know mm-hmm. at least I know we put it out there and made it available right Um, I want to go back to what you said earlier about um, the Free Speech Coalition touching upon like a code of ethics. Could you expand upon that a little bit? 
Yeah, right now we're um, actually working with APAC and and the board members there to see if we can kind of create like an industry wide like best practices code of ethics and not just um, not just oh. Um, how to treat a performer on set, but how performers should also behave on set or, you know, what's expected of them that's going to be respectful for the location and Mm -hmm. the crew. And also um, the types of things to kind of like have on set to make it a a nice, comfortable set for everybody, Mm -hmm. whether it's like from wipes to like the right kinds of snacks or something, Mm -hmm. water, having a a towel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) things that sometimes get overlooked or um, one of the things that come came to me recently is like that I didn't even realize but I thought was an awesome idea like for really hard strenuous scenes the producer or director just call the person the next day and follow up like hey do you feel all right are you bruised you you okay like was the shoot great for you or it could even be an email or a phone call but that that was something that I was like that is really thoughtful and that's really cool because probably when you're on set and in the moment you maybe haven't had time to process yes yes yeah or or maybe you don't even feel the bruises yet or something, right, you know? Right, and right, right. So I thought that was just something because it's like, again, like, you know how people say, oh, it's just porn, but then it will only just be porn if you don't try and improve it somehow. Mm-hmm. And it can be better. It can be ethical. It can make people feel awesome all the time, mm-hmm. even in the most like extreme situations. So, you know, with the code of ethics too, one of the recent things that got brought to my attention is like, yeah, even, you know, the the crew as in like the makeup artist the camera guy and those PA people like when we have a moratorium they don't have an OnlyFans to fall back on mm-hmm. so that's just something to keep in mind of like hmm okay well what could we do there to like create some kind of like cushion or area for people in those situations and mm-hmm. I, I just like kind of solving those problems yeah like, I don't want to leave anyone out you know yeah. we're all working together to create a final product that we're all going to benefit from right so why aren't we all trying to do something to make like our work days as, you know, as good as possible for everybody. Yeah. I liked some of the things that you mentioned about um, just like the basic stuff, like having like proper like snacks and, and, and water is on set and baby wipes and douches. And mm-hmm. I always actually, I, you know, we used to buy lunch, like have it ordered for the crew and the models, but that is quite expensive. Yeah. It can be like easily 120 bucks a pop, if not more. And so we don't yes. do that anymore. <laughs> But what um, what I buy for my crew, because like I, one thing that a lot of performers complain about is either there's no food provided on set, yeah, or um, they order like pizza, yes, you know, and it's like these girls who are trying to like you know stay look good, look good, stay <laughs> slim, feel like you know don't feel bloated and gross. So what I do is I go to Trader Joe's and they have an excellent. Mm. Um, uh, variety of wraps and salads yeah. and I like do hummus and carrots oh, and snap peas and yeah, yeah. like and, pe- and then I also have like a collection of like dried like unhealthy snacks like little chocolates and granola yeah. bars and chips and stuff like that for people who don't want that. I think that's a perfect that. kind of mix because yeah. it's I've often been on those sets where they don't have anything at all, maybe just like one or two dry ass granola bars and yeah. you're like, um, okay. Yeah. Or where the food that is provided is like so unhealthy or so bready. And there's a lot of people that have allergies, like bread allergies. Like, I don't know. We always you know? have like vegan and vegetarian yeah. options too. It's, it's, it can, and we'll ask too, actually, a lot of times when I send out the call sheet, um, I'll put on there, be like, if you have any dietary restrictions, please let us know so we can like you know, plan in advance. Yeah. Um, but then in terms, there's actually one thing that I was just thinking about that I would 
love if you added to it for the models is do not fucking put self tanner on on set before we shoot without talking to me because you don't know if we're shooting on a fucking white couch or on a white bedding or you put self tanner all over okay. yourself and then you touch the walls and you leave fingerprints yeah, anywhere. I know it sounds like something small, but it happens all the time and, and it's like makes me crazy and girls don't think about that right. understandably so because they're like i want my skin to look glowing and good yeah. but you got to think about like yeah the furniture the home because if you ruin someone's couch like i guess who's paying for yeah, it you're responsible Me. yeah and see i'm glad you brought that up too because in the beginning of inspire um i focused on performers mm-hmm. obviously like you know this is what it is you know you need to know all these things as a performer but then i've recently been PAing on it on a set and seeing from the director's point of view the frustrations that they also deal with Mm -hmm. um in situations where the performer is also a little bit not considerate Mm -hmm. you know um like what you were saying with that or or maybe they cancel so many times and then they still show up with attitudes or or maybe they expect things to be like certain ways for them which we all want certain things to be certain ways for us but i i it just was a really interesting clarifying moment of like wow sometimes producers and directors are also treated badly by the talent which oh, wasn't yeah. a thing that had ever occurred to me you know yeah no it's <laughs> definitely an issue i mean most of the girls that i work with truly are lovely but there's also too sometimes like people just don't i think that girls don't consider um sometimes time and i think a lot of times they forget that we're paying by the hour for the location like yeah i had a girl, had a girl show up an hour and a half late to Yikes. set last week oh my god and that cost me money yeah and she was just like sorry and I was like, I should dock that from your pay, yeah. but I'm not going to right. because, you know, like I don't want to be a dick. Right. And the thing is I can't yell at you because you need to come in. And be a good performer. And I want you to feel good. I want yeah. you to feel comfortable. But I'm also – I'm kind of pissed. Right, yeah. But I have to be like, huh. Just glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, and it's things like that that I've kind of realized too. I'm like, okay, so the next – Part of Inspire, I'm branching out, will be also for producers and directors. But that I, I definitely think performers need to be aware that this is like a give and a take. Like we're both mm-hmm. working together. We're not all just working for you. Yes, you're the star on film. But the whole crew and the whole workday would be better if people kind of had more of an understanding of what we're all going through. Mm-hmm. And that's hopefully something I want to bring to light as I keep developing the Inspire. Like it's like not one page. It's going to be like all these pages, like yeah. producers and directors, uh, talent managers. Yeah. Like, so anyway, um, yeah, I just, I love kind of being this resource of information because I like to like categorize and like put it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> actually you've mentioned it a couple of times that we haven't really explained what the Inspire program is right. exactly. So can can you do that for us? Sure. So it's kind of a little bit of an acronym. So it's like Industry Newcomer Support Program. Mm-hmm. And it really exists. <laughs> That's my little thing at the end. But yeah, so it's supposed to really like help people, you know, enter the industry with as much information that we can provide up front, whether it be about talent managers, you know, if they're going to have an agent or if they're going to be independent, how to do independent work, how like, and I've gathered articles that have been written by different people. I interviewed so many different performers because I wanted it to be from our point of view, not from my point of view. Right. Um, so, you know, I interviewed males, females, trans people, um, 
independent people, talent agent represented people, just so I could hear from them things that they would tell a mm-hmm. new person like them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was born out of that and it's been really well received and I'm really happy about that. But again, like I said, it's not just one, the one page and I'm not done. I want it to be something people can say, oh, you should also include this and I'm able mm-hmm. to do that. It's not like, oh, well, I didn't approve it. I didn't write it. So right, right, right. I'm very open to the feedback and it was really great because Katie Jane from Self Booking Talent, mm-hmm. she kind of started that new Twitter page. She recently met with me and she was giving me all this information that I wouldn't have ever thought about. And I was like, can I credit you with this and like just add it straight into Inspire because this is awesome the way, just the way you did it. Mm-hmm. So things like that, I'm really helpful or hopeful and excited for because I like the collaborating part about mm-hmm. this. It's, because this is truly what it is. It's like we get the word of mouth from each other, except mm-hmm. it's all collected on one page. Right, right. Yeah. So what um can you give examples of like exactly what it entails? Like do you have categories yeah. of like certain things that you cover? Yeah. Um like it starts like, oh, getting started. Like this is the reality of how people will react to you, treat you, things you're gonna have to protect about yourself, getting into porn. And then it goes into like, oh, these are the agencies that are like licensed, and then this is how people operate when they're independent. You have to be a little bit more self-aware, you know, conduct yourself differently because you're the only person representing you. You don't have a, an agent vouching for you. Mm-hmm. Um, financial stuff, like, well, if you want to do a copyright or if you want to do an LLC or if you want to incorporate, these are the ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people want to diversify their income, which they should, through all the different streaming platforms or the different clip stores that are available and like, you know, mm-hmm. just... This is what you need to be thinking about. Right. Um, even down to wardrobe, because when you're so new, you don't real. I certainly didn't realize I had to have my own wardrobe bag. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was one of the biggest shocks. I was like, wait, you don't provide outfits for me? Not every set does. Some do, but not every set does. So you always have to have your backup. And just in case, you know, when we we're talking about the best practices for what production sets can have not every set is going to have wipes not every set is going to have towels so even in your own wardrobe you got to include those kinds of things so it's just like little details that you don't realize until you're there on set and you're like damn i messed up i even got anal tips from like you know one of the biggest anal stars right now you know i i know my way but i'm like she's like taking the most massive dicks like she needs to have her work Jane wild oh (laughs) i love her tomorrow really i love her she's so cute and fun and Honestly, like I was just really happy to include her too because I the, remember meeting her when she first started and she was like so timid and like a little more When shy, I first you know? when she when I first saw her like pictures, she was actually suggested to me for Playboy. Oh, okay. So she was like like gonna be, you know, like do softcore uh-huh. and then like you know, right, right. Later, She's the I'm most like, hardcore. Girl. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. Playboy was not the route for you. Yeah. You chose the right path. Yeah, and I love her too because I see her actually have I've seen her blossom. I've mm-hmm. seen her come into her own and be happy and confident in it. And I was like, That's the kind of person I want advice from so mm-hmm. other people can know how to be like that, you know, mm-hmm. like feel that way in themselves. And yeah, so it's it's very fulfilling to be able to like get all that stuff and information from everybody and put it together. What sort of um, tips do you give for people for wardrobe? Cause I got, I got some, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, the most basic stuff, like please have like matching bra and panty sets, like a few different colors and like the basic black have, you know, booty shorts, have tank tops, have crop tops, have a business look like in case you have to do a business look. with clothes, toed black 
pumps. Don't oh. show up with fucking strappy ass heels right. and think I'm going to put you with stockings and strappy heels. Okay. Not okay. That is like a fucking pet peeve of mine. No one wears fucking strappy stripper shoes, strippers, strappy <laughs> goddamn hooker shoes yeah. with nylons in an office scene. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, you can get them on Amazon for like 30 fucking dollars or so cheap. Just one pair of black pumps. And actually, honestly, you should get one pair of black pumps, one pair of beige pumps. Yeah. I have that. The basic yes. like pleaser just, pumps. Just, just <laughs> do that. And then like stockings. Yeah. Um, stuff with no logos. I have. Yes. I, I made lot sure of people I show up with logos. I try to put that on there, but you know, like, it's up to everybody to read for themselves. But yes. yeah, that is included mm-hmm. that in is there. True. That it's is, like, you can provide as much information as you want. <laughs> if people don't want to read it, there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Yeah. But like you, girls, you can get, um, like, you know, like if you're, especially if you're young and you're doing like teen scenes, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of requests to wear like little sneakers or something. Don't get sneakers that we have to tape. Yeah, the tape it's crazy. doesn't stay on. It looks like shit. Forever Twenty One has the great most basic sneakers. Basic sneakers with no logos on. Yeah, them. like I agree. Easy, easy. Yeah. So get those. Yeah. So yeah, those kinds of tips where I try and be like, you know, even on the guy side, you know, have boxer briefs but no logos on the band. Oh my god! You know? <laughs> I still have like professionals I'm sure <laughs> who've been in the industry for fifteen years who show up with boxers with like fucking Calvin Klein on them. I'm yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, Amazon is a great place. You can get tons of logoless stuff. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That I'm. It just makes it easier for you guys not having to cover things up or worry about liability. Yeah. And that's part of the consideration of yes. being a performer is being considerate to your production company who's going to have to take the hit because you wore some other company's logo in a porn. Yeah. That they don't want to be in porn. Yeah. And know? that's the thing too. It's like, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot that directors and producers need to do to make sure that performers People know. feel good and, and that kind of thing. But also too, like if as a performer, like showing up and being professional and yeah. being prepared goes so far because a lot of us are really overworked. Yeah. And we're like, a lot of us are tired a lot of the time. And right. if we have somebody who shows up who just makes our job that much easier and that much more pleasant, yeah. like the chances of you getting hired back it, are very high. Yeah. Like I really want to just work with people who make, make my day easier. I don't necessarily want to hire like the super hot chick who's a fucking pain in the ass. Of course. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I hear from a lot of directors and producers is like, yeah, someone may look hot on camera and sell whatever, but if I have to deal with lateness and I have to deal with, you know, weird attitude or, you know, pauses every five minutes because they need to do whatever in the bathroom, like that's just too much for me. We're trying to make a smooth, Mm -hmm. not just for themselves, but for the rest of the crew and the location, you know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, Next Gen. Yeah. <laughs> Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Oh My God Yes. Oh My God Yes.com is a website about women's sexual pleasure. When it comes to actual ways women touch themselves or ways partners touch women, there are a lot of myths out there. Oh My God Yes decided to do the first ever large-scale scientific research interviewing over 20,000 women ages 18 to 95 about what actually feels good and why. What they found was, of course, women vary in what they like, but there are also lots of shared techniques. Kind of like ingredients people combine in different ways for more pleasure and better orgasms. The site has short videos of all kinds of women sharing and showing these techniques. They have specific illustrations that actually animate so you can get a clear sense of what each technique entails. 
Researchers from IU School of Medicine found that 95% of women experienced pleasure in a way that felt new physically after a month of using Oh My God Yes. It's not a subscription site. You pay only once for permanent access to a set of videos and animations. And your payment goes on to fund ongoing research into sexual pleasure. Now, I know a large majority of my listeners are men, so guys, this website is for you too. Learn all kinds of cool ways to pleasure your female partner. Whether you're just getting to know somebody new, or if you and your partner have been together for decades, there's something here for everyone to learn. Check out the newly released season two at ohmygodyes.com slash holly and get $5 off. That's O-M-G-Y-E-S dot com slash H-O-L-L-Y. I want to talk to you guys about a new project that I'm doing. I am working on an erotic photography book, and this project means a lot to me. Now, I have a few other photography books out, but this would be the first one that would be created solely by me. I need your support in order to make this happen, which is why I've created a new Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hollyrandallart, and there you can donate to support these incredible photo shoots that I've got lined up. You will get access to exclusive photos and exclusive video that will only be available on my Patreon. It will not be on any other website of mine. You will also be able to access the private behind the scenes Snapchat, even get a live Q&A Skype call with us from set. This project is something that is very close to my heart and it is my way to really create something beautiful and artistic and I just want to fall in love with photography all over again. It's not porn, it's erotica. There's a big difference there and I would really, really appreciate it if you guys would come check it out and support me. So go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallart. Thank you so much. So we are back. So um, there's another program that's part of the Free Speech Coalition, correct? Yeah. Um, called Next Gen. Yeah, and Next Gen is really new, but it's a kind of a benefits package that comes as a bonus with your membership from FSC. So mm-hmm. you can be a monthly member of the Free Speech Coalition by donating, like either at the ten or fifteen dollar amount or the twenty and twenty five dollar amount. Mm-hmm. The five dollar difference is if you use the discount code Lotus. <laughs> So you could use my discount code and save $5 and make that 15 to 10 or make the 25 to 20. Okay. So basically with either of those tiers, you get um, a set of benefits that's like medical, dental, legal. The legal comes with a $20 side, but- um, This is specifically for performers, correct? Or anybody in our industry. Um, The cool thing too is um, anyone in your household- perform like anyone in your household also has access to these benefits. Okay. So I kind of feel like maybe that's why that in- lawyer was like, oh yeah, just send her over a free consult. Mm. Um, a story I was telling Holly earlier, but basically, yeah. So I had, um, a performer reach out to me saying she wanted to negotiate her contract. And so I was like, well, since you don't have next gen, I'll just tap into mine and, and call her contract you. with an agent. Yeah. Her contract with her okay. agent. And so, um, I called the next gen like hotline, the legal hotline. And then they're like, Oh, here's what zip code are you in? And I told them they's like, Oh, there's three different guys in your area, lawyers that have 
you know, contract negotiation as part of what their specialty is. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, nice. And then I picked one and then they emailed him and he literally called me within an hour and he was really like pleasant and happy to help. And I was telling him the situation. I'm actually calling on a friend's behalf. And he was like, well, you know, this, you know, adult industry contracts aren't really that difficult as compared to like the other contracts he might be dealing with in other industries. And Mm -hmm. he was like, you can just send her over. I'll still apply the free consultation to her. And I was just like so surprised by how swimmingly easy that was and how he wasn't like being lawyery in that like way where he was trying to sell something or try and get money or try and get me to come in or do something just extra. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like, Oh, this is easy. I could just do this in my spare time, like mm-hmm. send her over. And I was like, Oh, 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 and then, you know, just from that interaction of helping someone else, I was like, well, I should use my own next gen a little bit more. Yeah. And I've seen other performers that have used the, the dental benefits actually. And, um, she was saying that she saved like like $5,000 or something because she had a lot of like dental work that had to be done and she didn't have insurance, but this like saved her $5,000 worth of so what that, that would have been. So how does that work? Because I don't have dental insurance and I have to go get my teeth cleaned and I'm scared. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like you get within, when you join the membership and you like pay your dues or whatever, within a week you get like this package that looks like, you know, when you get a package from like a car insurance company Mm -hmm. and it has like your cards and it has like the little pamphlet of like, welcome. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so yeah, there's numbers on there that have like legal, medical, the different categories. And then you just call one there. I think roadside assistance is even one of them. Um, but yeah, and then you just call and they're very helpful. Like it is ridiculous how helpful they were. Um, I also called on a Sunday once. So like the main services were closed as far as like, like everything else that's operates Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. but they were like, Oh no, you need to call this number on Monday. We can't really help you with that right now. It was for a, a medical question, but they were like the 24 hour nurse hotline, but you could hear the urgency in her voice that she was like, if you're not calling about a medical emergency, I need to get you off the phone. Yeah. And I was like, they're serious. Yeah. So it was kind of cool, like on a Sunday calling and asking about medical stuff. And they were like really helpful and gave me the number to the right people that would be open on Monday. And even the the lawyer being very helpful for someone that wasn't the person with the benefits package, but he was like, okay, you can still send her over. Like, so you get free cons. I'm trying to look at my phone. It's so hard, but <laughs> so I'm assuming that they must like recruit certain like dental dentists or medical professionals. Yeah. Or whatever. And then based on like some kind of referral, they agree to give discounts yeah, to yeah. whoever they send. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. That yeah. Makes sense. Because when the lawyer contacted me back, he's like, I don't even I don't often get that many people calling from this service anyway, so I'm happy to help. Yeah. So I mean everybody should get on it because there's not that many people using it and those benefits are there to help us. Yeah. So yeah, okay, here it is. Like, oh, Teladoc, that was another one. So another performer was having like just feeling unhealthy symptoms. And then they called the teledoc and they were able to get um, a prescription sent that same day to their pharmacy without having to go and make an appointment and go into a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an actual doctor that you're talking to on Mm -hmm. the phone through the teledoc. Um, And then like they do different lab testing and they have pharmacies available. Um, They're MRI scans, (laughs) like just all kinds of access to things that may seem so out of reach if you don't have insurance Mm -hmm. or if you feel like you can't afford those things. They're actually 
very affordable because at 10 or $20 a month, you have access to these benefits and these people are very, very willing to help. You can, oh, there's even like the name, you know, when people want to change their name, mm-hmm. they have like discounts on name changing services where it's like only $100 or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember looking at that and I was like, oh, if I like, change my name, it won't like be that hard. Yeah. Like name. a legal name change. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's really good, especially for like trans people that want to like legally be who they are, you right, know? Right, right. That makes sense. Um, and especially eyeglasses. So there's like 15 to 55% off the retail cost of eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. Just all these different benefits that if you're normally paying out of pocket, which a lot of us do, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want the help? Right. You know, why yeah. wouldn't you want to save hundreds as opposed to like paying thousands or something, you right. know? Exactly. So that's amazing. I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've said this before, I think I've been in this industry for over 20 years. And the way that it's getting its shit together yeah. is like really impressive, I have to say. Like these kinds of resources definitely never existed before. Yeah. And, you know, so many people come into the industry not knowing because often their agents don't give them the resources or the advice or anything like that. And they just come in just having no idea and they you know, end up making bad decisions and then regretting it and getting a really bad taste in their mouth. And, you know, working in porn can either be a really wonderful experience or a really terrible experience, depending on the foot that you get off on. Yeah, it's so true. And that was kind of even the experience that I had too, was it could have been bad if I just like wallowed in misery and like was like all these bad situations. Like I had a fake agent try and manipulate me. He wasn't even a real agent. He was my friend's manager, but she's not in the industry anymore, but she was doing good at the time. So I was like, yeah, I'll talk to your manager, dude. Mm -hmm. And like, he was giving me all this weird advice. And finally, I I remember hanging up with him on the phone when I was in Las Vegas when I was like, dude, you do not direct, like you don't own me. You can't tell me what the fuck to do. Like what kind of advice? It was just like, he was like, he called me and he was like mad because he thought I gave someone else um, information to like get booked with another company and it was someone he just didn't like. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't care about you or what you're even yelling at me about. You're not going to yell at me. Get hang up. Mm-hmm. And it was like that. Like I could have just stopped right there and like, this is terrible. This is an awful situation. And I felt duped and betrayed and all that. And I did feel fucked up, but I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to like do on my own and not listen to any motherfuckers yeah. anymore after that. Yeah. And you know, like I've had my better experiences after that. So yeah, I mean, it could have gone either way. What do you think is your favorite thing about working in the adult industry? And what do you think is your least favorite thing? My favorite thing is all the people. I love us. I love us hoes. I love us like <laughs> weirdos. I love the pervs. I love the freaks. I, I love it. It's my favorite. I, I think I'm very voyeuristic. So mm-hmm. I, I don't even always have to be participating to be loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think one of the things that I really dislike is... Probably the disorganization. Mm. And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about trying to pull resources and organize things. Because if we were really on top of things and more organized, like maybe some other different industries, people would make a lot more money. They would make a lot more of what they're worth. Not Mm -hmm. just performers, but the producers as well. And the production companies would get more of their, you know, investment back. And Mm -hmm. I just think if we all played a little more fairly and tried to do things a little bit more legitimately Mm -hmm. and like 
<laughs> yes, you know, inform each other of how we can all be better. We can be better, you know, yeah. because, you know, if you get a bad taste in your mouth, then what's going to compel you to be better? You might want to be shitty to the next person because you got treated shitty. Yeah. So that kind of thing. Like, so maybe if you pass on a feeling of like doing someone right and being integral, that will make them change and be like, well, I I could do that too and be a little more integral and yeah. treat people a little more fairly. Yeah. So yeah. trying to influence the ripple effect of positivity. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple like personal questions before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like my list of like cool insight <laughs> that I like to throw at people sometimes. I think sometimes it can come for some interesting, some interesting conversation. Cool. So um, what makes you feel most empowered? Most empowered – I guess is when um, I just know I can trust the people around me. Mm. And I that that usually makes me feel a little bit insecure is when I don't know what people's intentions are. Mm-hmm. If I can't trust them, I, I don't feel like my best self around people like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, when I'm around people that I can trust and I, I know that have my back and I can have theirs, then I feel completely empowered in any situation. Mm. But if I'm alone, I don't know. I just try and like – Where's the nearest exit? No, I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I hear you. Um, What do you consider to be the definition of success? Personal happiness, Mm -hmm. contentment within yourself, like not waking up feeling regretful or remorseful or just awful about your – even just like your physical self, you Mm -hmm. know? Like if you feel healthy and on top of things, like you don't have to – burn yourself out on a two hour workout. I feel healthy already, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Like, yeah, I think I feel like success is like a, just a personal contentment within yourself, regardless of what's going on yeah. out, outside. Do you feel like you're in that place now? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I do. Cause I, I had oftentimes been chasing like a monetary success mm-hmm. idea and that made me not feel successful ever, yes. you know? Because you can always make more money. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, exactly. And even at times where I was, like, comfortably fine, like like I I didn't get, like, this extra bonus that I thought I was going to get or I'm not, like, able to attain this extra vacation package because I need to make this much more money or something. But when I kind of stopped thinking of it in those terms and just being like – you know, am I happy with the people that I'm surrounding myself with in my life? Do they feel happy with, you know, my addition into their life? Am I able to like take care of myself and the people I care about and without stress or, or, you know, any kind of like doubt, then yeah, I feel like that's where I got to this place. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel you. Like I've noticed that I've felt like markedly happier lately in the last few months. And and it's funny because I find myself like trying to analyze it because I want (laughs) to hold on to it so tightly. Never be unhappy ever again. Always feel this way. But I think a big part of it is, well, I mean, I won't lie. Like a lot of it is work has improved. Like a big part of it honestly has been like Twisties has been really great. And um, I'm so much like less stressed being there. Like they've done a lot of major changes that have just like made me so much happier. So thank you Twisties. (laughs) Um, But also too, like there's some other personal struggles that I was going through that I feel like I've overcome lately. But um, also too, like what you said, just feeling grateful for what you have and not constantly being like, Oh, I need to do that. Cause I'm always like striving to do more, but um just trying, I, I, every day I try to recognize how lucky I am to be where I'm at. Yeah. And to be grateful for what I have. And yeah. that, 
you know, because everything is all about like your perception. Yes. Yes. Like no matter how shitty you feel, like if you're in a position where you can afford electronics to listen to this podcast, you're better off than like, honestly, like 90% of people on this planet. That's true. And there's always somewhere, someone who wants to be where you're at right now. Yeah. I remember I wanted to be where I was at and Mm -hmm. I was like, that would never happen. And it's my life, you know? And that was one of the things, yeah, I, I was talking to someone this weekend about that, that I was like, I'm actually feeling really lucky that I can afford living in one of the most expensive cities in the world and I have money to go out shopping this weekend. Yeah. And I have my bills and everything taken care of. Like, that's such a feeling that not everyone has, you know? And that can start wearing down on you. And it's Mm -hmm. not about like, oh, I can spend money. It's not that. It's just like, I can do the things that I know make me happy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can treat yourself. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely feel you on that. Um, I do, I do stupid stuff like, um, so I, (laughs) I despise exercise. Like I just hate it. And, but I do it all the time because it makes me feel so good. Mm -hmm. So I was in spin class this morning and I do this a lot. Like when I get to that point where I'm like, oh my God, this is tired. My legs are burning. Like I don't enjoy it when I know some people like they get to that place where like their legs are burning and they like love it. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate it. I hate feeling the burn. I hate feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. And I feel uncomfortable when Mm -hmm. I exercise because I'm pushing myself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and and in the middle of it, I'm always like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) This sucks. I hate this so much. But um, what I find that I do now is I just think to myself, I am so grateful to have legs that Mm -hmm. burn right now. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful to have money to go to this gym Mm -hmm. and be exercising. I am so grateful to like just be able to exercise and to be able to complain about exercise, Yeah, you know, like just to have the ability to have these things to complain about. Right. No, it's so true. It's so true because there's someone out there like, hurting wishing that they had a gym program that they could go to or and wishing they had fucking legs yeah there's people yeah. Out there who don't have legs yeah i mean something just that simple true you yeah know? exactly so yeah i feel you that gratefulness yeah. helps to like live your life successfully regardless it's, of what's happening it's it's it makes such a big difference and um i used to when i was going through like a really hard time last year i made myself um, I had a friend that we would text back and forth gratitude lists and oh. it was, even though like at the time, like I was like, I'm grateful <laughs> for my dog, <laughs> grateful food on the table, but like I didn't really feel it. But I think that like, I think just the practice of that helped like practicing living in gratitude yeah. and on a daily basis. Like if you put it out there all the time, even if you're not feeling it at the time, I feel mm-hmm. like it starts to resonate after after a point. And I think that that's, that's really like the greatest gift you can give yourself is gratitude. Truly. Yeah, I agree. So on that note, <laughs> I am so grateful that you came out to oh. share all of your wisdom and information with us. I feel like this was a really educational episode and I love having people like you on to show the world that the adult industry is and can be an organized industry. And there are people in it who care about the performers and the directors and about making it a better place. And I feel like people like you are really making a difference. So thank you. Oh, I'm trying. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on here and just like existing as well. Cause I, I always love to meet the people that I think are admirable people in this industry, always pushing towards a better good. Yay. <laughs> thank you. So can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? And if you have any websites they should visit, how can they 
financially support you as well <laughs> as the FSC. Thank you. Yes. So my personal website is Fuck you, IG. Oh, <laughs> because I so had. How do you? Yeah. Then? <laughs> well, because I, 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 I wasn't even putting a porn website in the website link, and they kept disabling the link. So I was like, "Fuck you, IG on GoDaddy." Like f u c k y o u i g dot com, and then like I just used the little template. I, I kind of can't believe that that <laughs> URL was available because I feel neither like could I right feel that way. Neither could I. So I was like, "I'm buying this instantly," and then I kind of was like, "Well, I'll just put it together." And I told my little story. I was like, they won't let me post any links. So I guess click here since I have to put the link in here and I'll update this later. I just want to express myself. And it was really bratty because I like did it in like my anger and I was like, well, I'll just leave it bratty, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so www.fuckyouig.com. And then that links to my link tree that has all of my links of like articles I've talked in or written and my OnlyFans, if you actually want to see me being naked. <laughs> and OnlyFans.com at slash It's Lotus Lane, which is also all of my social media. So on Twitter, I'm at I-T-S-L-O-T-U-S-L-A-I-N. Same with Instagram. I noticed that that you had the same handle for Instagram and Twitter. Most people don't get to have that. So yeah, that was, yeah. I've been trying to hold on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't let them disable your account. I know, yeah. And it's so hard. Like That's why I did the fuck you IG because I can't like post the sexy pictures that I want. So I just post like nice pictures pictures and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, just go to my OnlyFans. That's the only place that we're able to put that stuff. Yeah. Or Twitter, you know. Yeah, yeah that's true. At least yeah. for the meantime. For now. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much and we will see you next week. Thank you. I want to thank my guests for coming by and chatting with us today and a big thanks to you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us more than you know. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes access to the show, special bonus content, live streams of us taping the podcast, and more, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. You can even submit your own questions or get an autographed photo from one of our guests. Next week on the show, I have newly minted Brazzers contract star, Ricky Johnson. Ricky is a very charming young man. He's actually the first African-American male porn star to be contracted to Brazzers. So this is a big step in the right direction. And um, I'm very excited to have him here. We have a lot of ground to cover. He's an open book and he's willing to talk about anything and everything. So make sure that you tune in next week for Ricky Johnson on Holly Randall Unfiltered.